How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? How many of you saw the moonwalking bear? All right, a few of you, that's, that's good. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, the first time I saw this video, I definitely did not see the moonwalking bear. In fact, I had to rewind it to, to see for myself, like, was the bear actually there? I thought there's no way I would miss a moonwalking bear. But sure enough, if you rewind it and start from the beginning, that bear is there doing its thing the whole time. Now, don't feel bad if you didn't miss it. It's kind of the point of the video. Uh, I mean, last service, I don't think anybody saw it, so the fact that we had a few uh, eagle-eyed people is pretty impressive. We can get so focused on specific details that we miss something as out of place as a moonwalking bear amongst basketball players. Our reading from John 5 will be the focus for my message today. And in John 5, Jesus goes to a place called Bethesda. Now, Bethesda translated means the house of mercy. It's a pretty fitting place for this to be called when you think about what's going on there. This is where people with disabilities gather. In this specific place, we see people who are uh, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And there's a man there, as we find out, who has been an invalid for 38 years. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly what is meant by invalid, but he was either likely paralyzed or very weak. Because as he tells Jesus, he needs help, uh, some help from somebody to get him to the pool. Uh, he needed help getting to the pool. He, his hope was found at getting to the pool. For this man, his focus was on the pool. To him, Jesus was just somebody who could help him get to the pool uh, to get to the water because it was believed that in those days at Bethesda, every once in a while, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. And then for those first few people to go into the water after, they would be healed. And so for this guy, as well as for all the other people who were gathered there who were disabled, they want to get to that pool. In their minds, it's probably their only real hope of being healed. Their only hope of a normal life. But aside from the problem of not being able to physically get to the pool himself, as he said, when the water does get stirred up, people cut in line. Which, if you remember my, uh, if you heard my Traore sermon when I talked about uh, being cut in line at a McDonald's, you know how I feel about people cutting in line. This man needs Jesus' help to get to the waters. This man needs Jesus' help in order to be healed. 
He wants help from Jesus, but he doesn't realize the way in which Jesus is going to help him. His help doesn't come in the form of uh, Jesus bringing him down to the pool so the pool can heal him. You know, for this man, he basically goes from hoping to just basically get a glimpse of God's favor, right? In the form of this angel stirring the pool water and being able to get there and be healed. Instead, he got God in the flesh coming down to heal him. I mean, this is an amazing story, an amazing situation for this guy. I mean, Jesus far exceeded his hopes and expectations. He literally performed a miracle. So, amazing story with a miraculous uh, twist and a, a happy ending, right? Well, not quite. There are some Jews in the area who, who hear about this and are upset. Because remember when this happened? On the Sabbath. And the laws are you are not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Now, when we think about like the religious leaders and those who really strictly follow the law, the, the commands of God in the New Testament, oftentimes we think about them as the bad guys of the story. To an extent, that's fair. I mean, they are the ones who had Jesus killed. But I want to kind of change the way we think about them in, in a sense. I want to open our context a little wider. If you remember back when we went through our Read Scripture challenge, in the Old Testament, the Israelites could not keep the laws of God if their lives depended upon it, which in some ways was the case. So back, go back to New Testament times, and, and these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they are very strict rule followers. And, and we see that a lot throughout the, old, uh, throughout the New Testament. And so in this particular story, uh, they were upset with this invalid, this man who was healed, because he carried his mat on the Sabbath, which was considered work. They were very strict rule followers. They cared about the laws being followed. And, and when we think about the context of their ancestors who could not keep the laws, it's at least respectable. I think we could all agree that they care so much about keeping the laws of God. But they are so overly focused on these laws that they miss, A, the, the point of the laws, which is to love God and to love your neighbor, and B, they miss a miracle that God has performed in their midst. Like I said, the fact that the Jews cared so much about keeping these laws is a good thing in and of itself. But it ultimately led to the point where they, they didn't necessarily care about the well-being of this invalid. They only cared that he broke the law. They didn't care about this amazing miracle that happened. They just cared that the law was broke. It can be easy to focus on the wrong things or to focus on the right things but for the wrong reasons. It can be easy to focus on how many times the team in white is passing the basketball that you miss the moonwalking bear. God cares so much more about the condition of our hearts than he does us 
checking off the box, simply saying, well, I did this commandment, I did this commandment, I did this commandment, and just kind of keeping it at surface level. Jesus talks about this a number of times. He talks about how the commandments are not simply doing, uh, checking off the box, doing the surface level, but it's a far deeper issue. It's a matter of the heart. You know, he talks about how the fifth commandment is not just a matter of whether you've physically taken someone's life or not, but it also goes deeper to whether you thought evil or harmful things about your neighbor. Keeping the commandment goes beyond just having sex with someone you're not married to, but it's also how we respect God's gift of sexuality, not only with our actions, but with our thoughts and our intentions, too. The commandments that God has given, they are, they're important and even beneficial for us to follow. But when we focus so much on just checking off that box, just saying, well, I did this, I did this, rather than caring how we love God and how we love our neighbors, we can be just like the Jews from our reading, focusing on the wrong things. I think in many ways, this, this idea is summed up well by what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, has a famous love passage. It's read uh, often at weddings. But right before that, Paul says this. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now those things that Paul lists, those are amazing things. But without love, they missed the mark. The Jews, these Jews were striving to keep the laws. Pretty great thing. But they lacked love. They lacked love for their neighbors. But, but even Jesus would say, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts... Their hearts are far from me. And so for some, they even lacked love for God. There's a lot of good things that can be done for the wrong reasons. And we can even wrongfully get confidence and comfort based on doing those things, saying like, oh, well, I'm doing what God wants me to do. God cares far more about the condition of our heart rather than doing all these amazing things. Because when that happens, we miss what God cares about more. God cares more about our intentions, the love that is in our hearts, than he does us just checking off the boxes of his commandments. God wants our hearts, not just our actions. You know, it's ironic. As I was going through uh, choosing slides for this sermon, I, I came across this picture that I think sums up well. You gotta love when the, the world of Star Wars and the world of Christianity come together. You know, it says, Christians tr trying their hardest to love one another. I'll be there for you. Jesus said I had to. This isn't what God wants our response to be. This kind of response doing something only because we have to, 
misses the point. It's, the, it's focusing on the wrong thing. You know, here, here are just a, a few examples of how this might look in our lives. You know, God wants us to be enriched by his word. He doesn't want us to simply go to church or read our Bible because we feel like we have to, right? We, we went to church, and then we can say, well, check that off the list. I can feel good knowing that I went to church. No. God wants us to, uh, to delight in his word, to cling to his word, not to look at it as a chore. God wants us to give our financial offerings from a heart of thankfulness, not out of a sense of obligation, God wants us to serve others joyfully, not out of a sense of moral superiority. These are just a few examples, but in everything, God cares about where our hearts are more than he does what just our actions are. God has given us a new heart through Jesus. As we heard in Ezekiel, as we hear in Ezekiel, He's taken our old dead heart of stone away, and he's given, given us a new living heart of flesh. We have been made new in Christ, able to show the love that Christ first showed us. Jesus lived a perfect life, keeping God's laws not out of obligation, not out of spite, but out of his great love for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for your laws, which are good for us. And we thank you for your grace, even when we fail to keep them, even when we do keep them, but our hearts are far from you. God, we ask that you would help us to look to Jesus, to follow his example, to, to do everything in love. God, those things that Paul listed, being able to move mountains with faith and be able to understand all mysteries. Those are amazing things, God, but without love, what is it? God, help love to be at the center of all of our thoughts, all of our actions, and all of our intentions. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.